Hi everyone, this is the podcast DSO. Just a little bit of background. This edition of the Racing Insiders Racing Cast was recorded the weekend before the Melbourne Grand Prix and features uh, an interview the Warbster and I did with Chris Lewis-Williams, who is the CEO of the Benella Auto Club group of companies. So uh, whilst we've been sitting on this one for a little while, it's... Uh, Certainly is a little bit different to what we would normally do in the podcast, but uh, I think COVID-19 crisis uh, aside, there's uh, certainly some some interesting opinion and information from Chris, and uh, we uh, are really happy to present this to you all. So we hope you enjoy it. Thanks. What you're doing just adds to the motorsport conversation, so... Hang on. Did we pay him to say that? Racing Insiders Racing Cast, brought to you by Race Fuels, and here are your hosts, the Warbster and the Podcast DSO. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are interviewing Chris Lewis Williams, CEO of the Manella Auto Club Group of Companies. Thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Welcome to uh, welcome to the Racing Insiders Racing Cast, Chris. Yeah. I am a fan. I must admit, I'm having a fan moment. I do listen. Get my inside scoops from you guys. So, so what's um, it what's it like to actually meet us both in person? It's a bit overwhelming at the moment. Is it? A bit overwhelming, but uh, I'm, I'll calm down and we'll have a good chat, I hope. I mean, uh, you and I have known each other a while. Absolutely. You and I, our relationship goes all the way back to uh, the Winton safety car falling off the track. In so the who wind. was driving it that day? Oh, look, statute of limitation lets me say that it was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might even have to put the... Does in. the Warpster know that story? I'm not sure if the Warbster does. I will. We'll have, to, ex- we'll have to explain that later. But we uh, we may put the. You've still got that up. On yeah, the, yeah. The link's still up on YouTube. Definitely put the YouTube link up for that one. <laughs> Alrighty, we've uh, we as usual. Warbster writes a script, and I go completely in the other direction. Well, we were um, good for about a minute there. Yeah, no, we're travelling oh, yeah, beautifully. Yeah, yeah. All right. So a lot of casual fans wouldn't necessarily know who you are yeah. and the business that uh, you're in charge of. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what's the BAC group, Benalla Auto Club group, and what do you do? So, Benalla Auto Club 50, 57, 57, the club. Yep. And as a journey, you know, a little dirt track at Barjug, Mm -hmm. and then Winton Motor Raceway. And very fortunate to have, uh, as a a rural Victorian town, super passionate motorsport guys that knuckled down. Some of them put their own money up to get it built, and that formed Winton Motor Raceway. Then some very commercial people got involved, McRonk, Bruce Robertson, uh, the Watts, Williams, blah, 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 Dennis, Williams. Dennis Williams, and, and that turned the, from the club to the business, and, and it, it's become a, a full-time, two-circuit, sanctioning body, promotions arm business. 
So, all right, so the Benella Auto Club is a CAMS affiliated car club. Correct. Sorry, Motorsport Australia affiliated MA4 car club. MA4 affiliated, yes, yes we are. There's, there's my yeah. first one for the, for the <laughs> first public one for the year. I've dropped a few clangers already. The the others formerly known as CAMS. Yeah, that's yes, the one. Copy that. Uh, so, uh, Racing Insiders uh, Racing Cast, we are Motorsport. <laughs> Seeing as they're not using it anymore, we can steal it. Oh, we did have that conversation. Yes, yes. Yeah, we've stolen it. So, all right, so the, so the Benella Auto Club owns... And runs the Benella Auto Club group of companies. Yes. So that you're three entities. So they own Winter Motor Raceway. Winter Motor Raceway, which yep. operates as Winter Motor Raceway Proprietary Limited, Wakefield Park Motorsports Proprietary Limited, and Australian Autosport Alliance, double ASA. Proprietary Limited. So they are three proprietary limited companies all owned by the BAC group. So although they are proprietary limited companies, the ownership is the club. Yep. And, and the club constitution is that all our money must be spent on motorsport. Yeah, so it's an incorporated body. Yeah, incorporated association. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Mm, as, right C- as CEO of this body, what do, what's your main role? Are you sort of coordinating everybody? Or when I started, so I was on the committee initially. So the club had um, a colourful history, and um, I'd been racing up there for a, a while. Had some friends in Benalla and was asked to get involved and that group asked me to run for committee which would have been 14 I'm going to yeah. say 13 or 14 or 14 yep. which I did and was elected to committee and then elected to treasurer so my background is, is business so in as treasurer and then after oh, 18 months or so the businesses didn't have a CEO and uh, the committee decided they were going to recruit mm, that was so after the that was sort of 13 was the passing of Mick Ronk Oh, yeah, so Mick, Ronk, Mick, Ronk, Mick Ronk, who was the previous CEO. CEO, long-time CEO, yes. Yep. So he Mick passed away in the middle of 2013. Okay, so it would have been 14. Yeah. And then a uh, committee had the desire to find somebody to, to pull the group together. That became my opportunity. So I said to the committee, I, I, I will apply. Um, but by that stage, we put a lot of rules in place. So if you were an employee, you couldn't be on the committee. Um, so we tried to get some, some separation and some independence between committee and business. And basically, my role has been to business 101 across each of our entities, staff them properly, um, resource them, budgets, reporting well back into the committee. So the committee still steers the business. They use me as the instrument to do that. Yeah, Previously, I uh, had a uh, had a bent for uh, building the most garages um, in Australia. I think he and Clem Smith had a bit of a private competition going there to see who could build the most garages in their respective paddocks. And three or five, four times a year, they're fantastic. Yes. Uh, hindsight, you wouldn't build some of them where we've built them, mm. but you know you live with the, the assets you've got. You know? Yep. Um, we are very fortunate as a club to own two circuits. There's only one other entity in the country that does, and that's Sam Shaheen and the Peregrine Corporation with Malalar and the Bend. So yep. uh, there's 17 permanent tracks in Australia. We're two, he's two. So yep. yeah, it's um it's been a good journey. It's been busy, but we've worked really hard on putting motorsport people in motorsport businesses. Sure. So we've gone around and that's and that's, that's, a, that's an unusual concept. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be better than putting in AFL executives. Whoops, I went there. Well, that went early. Um, so <laughs> it's okay. We can edit that bit out. <laughs> I said it or not, but that's what it's been. You know, we've we've had people that get motorsport, you know, and and put and deliberately put them in, you know, in businesses, and that mix of commercial and and understanding the sport and the volunteering element and all that kind of stuff. It's all the understanding of motorsport that's important. So um, we've got really good teams now around the businesses and big plans for both the businesses. People would probably be aware we have a bit of a noise challenge, sorry, a sound challenge 
at Wakefield Park, mm. which we've been negotiating over negotiating over the past 18 months or so. So I'm pretty sure we've got to work through on that. You know, we'd like to spend some money at Wakefield Park, but unless your asset is shored up and your business is shored up, why would you spend that money? Yeah. So that's what we've been working with council to achieve. You guys did a uh, economic impact yep. uh, benefit study probably, what, 12, 18 months ago now? Matty Bargs did that. So yeah, more yeah than at probably, least, yeah, probably three, three months ago. Yeah, three Bargs was there. Yeah, correct. So, yeah. and that was just to, and we did that over a basket of sort of the bigger events. Yep. So then you start adding in testing tunes and speed off the streets and motorcycle test days and corporate days and all that stuff. Yep. You know, I mean, Wakefield as a circuit is a, is a very busy little circuit. Sure. Yeah. And again, you know, it's sort of just, just a whisker under two hours out of the, the bottom of Sydney and, uh, and busy nearly every day of the week. Yeah, not ideally by design, but it's that on a major thoroughfare, two hours from the, from a, a major capital centre, and Wakefield is serviced by both Canberra and Sydney, so, mm. but being on the main drag. Uh, Winton, you know, with Broadford, that's yep. a little bit closer to Melbourne, you know, we've driven that highway so often that it's it's a cup of coffee and yeehaw, we're there, but some people see it as just that step too far. Yeah. You know, an hour and a half to Phillip Island is seen as not too bad, but that two hours to Winton. So we're working on products that will take that tyranny a distance away. So Track extension, new hotel, just like the rumours I keep hearing about Phillip Island. <laughs> Look, the motorsport, motorsport landscape's changing. You know, we're, we're, a, we're a discretionary spend, so if the economy gets tight, the first thing they, they do is put the cover over the race car. Yeah. Got a race car in the garage now with a cover over it. So. Yep. We need to make sure that our businesses are, are robust enough that there's there's activities that are that are non negotiables, be they driver training, be they you know, corporate, be they whatever those days are. Yep. And then the motorsport is is the add on. We all love the motorsport side, but we need the other part too to yep. to shore up the business. And, I, and you being an ex state level competitor, we've seen the, the the state series in Victoria, you know, go from some highs and some lows, yeah. and, and competitor numbers, yeah, you know, like typical round entry numbers. Somewhere in the the mid two hundreds, the you know the two thirties, two forties, down to as low as one hundred and eighty, one hundred and ninety mm. in the last couple of years. Yeah. Like the two fifty had sand down a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, and again, it's uh, it's time and place, and who's got a budget for what category? And and you need you need to to fund Phillip Island, Sandown, you know, Winton as well. You need that chunk of entries. You know, yep. you you have to have enough entries to pay the bills. Can remember I was involved. Uh, Car club I was a member of that run one of the uh, the state rounds had said that they need to have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank just to run just to start the round. If they don't have a hundred thousand up front, mm-hmm. um, and that's a, one of the five uh, motorsport Australia mm-hmm. uh, Victorian state championship rounds. Yep. So and uh, that's what they need to budget on, and they budget on two hundred entries. Yep. Uh, at Sandown, and that's their break even. Yeah. If they don't get two hundred entries, the club loses money. Mm. Yep. So the, the pool clubs do, but, but the, the event itself loses dough. Yeah. And, and the tracks want to get paid up front. So, yep. so you, you need, you need the flow to cash up front yep. to make sure you get the circuit booking. And yep. so you need that float to be able to, to fund the round. I mean, motorsport promotions, and we've learned over the past two and a half years running, you know, bringing back the um, AMRS, you know, motorsport um, race meeting promotion is a tough gig. Yep. It's a tough gig. Yeah. And I suppose that's not helped by the fact that sort of your insurance costs have escalated a lot in the last 20 years sort of everything's more expensive in 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 terms of liability yeah in my experience so we're on five years in now our premium has gone up because of activity so the way that the double asa works is it's each activity has a price 
So if we do more of that, then we report that back to our insurer and that's how we get charged. So touch wood, mm. the, um, our insurance history has been good and things like professional indemnity and stuff like that, which has been affected a lot by court cases, priests, that kind of stuff, that insurance got a real spike last year. Fortunately, we didn't get an increase. So yeah. we've just continued to make sure our our processes and our, our procedures stack up at the race meeting events. Um, continue to partner with good promoters and make sure you, they have good, safe events. And our insurance history remains clean and away we go. That's good. I'll let you read the next one. Whoops, because you wrote it. <laughs> uh, like most CEOs, you have a Porsche, <laughs> uh, specifically for racing in the 944 series. So what got you started in the sport? Who was your biggest influence? So my, my basis is go-karting, which so dad and I started go-karting in the 70s and uh, did that up until um, year 11. I, I stopped because I wanted to concentrate on school. Um, then I actually went to Geelong, um, did my commerce degree down Geelong, so what well, wasn't racing, got into jet skis, so mm-hmm. it was pretty cool down there. And then came back here, was riding motorbikes and then started in started a job, had a bit of money, so I want to go racing again. So initially teamed up with Greg Smith, who's Baron Engines, Tony Kart down in, in Braceside, and that started go-karting again and then started my own business and that went well. So there was more money for motorsport. So Calvin Pasterla, so he had a business called, business still goes called Jacaro, and they had a motorsport division and Calvin, Dennis O'Keefe, Roddy Smith, was sort of the guys that started 944. And it was basically Dennis went out to his wrecking yard at a Porsche part and went, well, we got a lot of 944s. We need to do something. And they started a series. It started at the back of sports cars at Vic State. Yep. And it got to the stage where it had a grid and away it went. So, um. Some interesting, uh, some famous names. Uh, there are. Yeah, some famous are. names. Eric Banner. Yes, Eric yes. Banner yes. So my mate, my mate Vince owned Eric Banner's car. Yeah, Eric Banner ran for a couple of years, uh, around in, uh, on and off. Not, not every round, but ran consistently. Yeah, and, and, then, uh, and, and ran around okay too. Yeah, yeah. And then he got that yellow 911 GT something. Yep. And so I did a race meeting at Phillip Island, pitted next to, so Jacaro ran the two cars. And, um, Eric went from probably fifth to second or fifth to first going into one mm. and it spun the flywheel out of the engine. Nice. Part of the flywheel was in the rear rail. Ouch. Yeah, big bang. Yeah. Big bang. You sure it wasn't him. You sure it was him and it wasn't like his stunt man doing it for him because... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, he goes around all right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Eric, Eric steers all right. Yeah. And then, then what happened? Oh, so I wanted to get into supercar. So I'd started racing at 125 Gearbox yeah. and supercarning at the time was the only other place I could race this thing. So we put an, put an aero nose cone on it and to go supercarding, you got to get a cams license. So I ticked the supercar license box and I went, I'll pick the national circuit at the same time. Went down and saw Calvin. He had a car to rent. So the, the plan initially was to just rent for three race meetings, get the signatures, get the flags, and away we go. So I did all that. And then I was at Phillip Island and... I nipped the 125 up going into one and went off into the sand trap at, well, it's not a sand trap at Phillip Island, it's a stone trap. Is it ever? <laughs> and when you go in there at 100 plus in your go-kart, those rocks are like getting shot with paintball things. Mm. I'm too old for this. So then I got a thing with a roll cage and a roof. So I bought Sam Abbey's 944. Yes, remember Sam. Sam was a good steerer. And that started my 944 journey. So how many years? 
Oh, eight, nine? No, more. Yeah, more. Yeah. It's like a 12 or 15 now. Yep. So it took me a while. I, I did a fair bit of stuff with Jacaro for a while, and we just weren't sort of progressing. And Vince and I said, oh, we'll run our cars ourselves one year. So we started doing all the changes and the pad changes and all the fun stuff. And then we pitted next to a guy called Dwayne Evans, who was High Top Performance. And Dwayne's ex-Subaru World Rally Championship car builder engineer, clever guy. And he just started helping us. And we went, oh, maybe you can run our cars. He said, well, I don't. unless I audit them, I'm not going near them. So we dropped the cars off and we ordered them. And the next round coming up was a sand down. And he said, okay, I'll work on the things that are going to make it go good because sand down, you need horsepower. So I came up and I put on pole and I spent far too much money with him for probably eight years after that because he just knew how to make it go good. So yep. How many times was your state champion? A big state, I think it's three. Yep. And nine for four, I think it's three. And then like seven Island Magics. Yep. Yeah. So good little class. Like for me, for what you can afford and racing good guys to race with, you know, Richard Musket came through us. Who else has been on the First man to ever roll over at the Thunderdome, Dick Howe. Ah, oh, Dickie's always there. <laughs> Dickie's there. That's, that's, that's your rider passage with yeah. nine for four. Yeah, Dickie's got to run into you. Yeah, you're crashed into by Dick and then you get fast enough to be in front of Dick. Yeah. But yeah, he's, um, he's a good, he's character. He's good yep. But yeah, there's just some, it, it's a good, honest class. And a real, really strong resurgence this year. Biggest yeah. grid I've seen in yeah. four or five years. Like, They've tacked onto the Porsche pyramid. Troy Bundy's thrown them, a, so, thrown them a bone as well as National Formula Ford. Yeah, so Tony Andreeski, who's Porsche yeah. National Marketing, so he's got an offer for now. So yep. he came to come and have a play yep. and worked out how we could help us. So, so he's just helped introduce us to the right people. Yep. And so yeah, if you if you are young, so I don't qualify. No, if, I wouldn't either. If you are young and you win, yep. um, you get a test in a Porsche. So, Excellent. Yeah. So and it's nice to be. Re- I mean, it was hard for Porsche initially because we came out of the wrecker yard, mm. so it was always a bit hard. But you know, Nine for Fours are sort of coming back around as being you know a bit of a nice thing to be to have. So yeah, it's in the shed. We built this that we're sitting in last year mm. so that ain't my racing budget so um yeah we're just getting back on top of that and then hopefully i've got to do one this year to get my, my ma4 license current ma4 love it so indifference um, to ma ma2 well ma2 I, you know we yeah. deal with the guys at ma2 as well yeah and doily and and simon mars so yeah we have microbiological just association <laughs> yes nice so yeah so we do play warp stuff we, we do like the ma2 ma4 definition yeah, yeah. so that's my nine for four journey I, I, I do miss racing the goal is to get back and do a bit more what do you consider your best race as a competitor probably already answered that seven island magics uh there's a couple i, I, I like the wet yep yeah I, I do i like the concentration in the wet I'm not an organic driver. I'm a I'm a learned driver. Mm. So that's why teaming up with Dwayne was so important. Yeah. Because I could shut off and he would just look at the squiggly lines and say, you need to do that there and that there, and you just go and do that. So as a way to shut off from business and work, I find it really helpful. Yep. And, and, and the wet's the next level because you can only do one thing at a time. So you can only be going, stopping, or turning one at a time. The minute you try and do two, you losing time yeah uh, there's a couple of of nine for four races where might have had bad rounds or a or a dnf or something and you have to come from the back i did the um reverse grid shannon's one um a couple of years ago 
and came through from 18th to leading in a lap and three quarters when Crayley was calling. Mm. That was good fun. I mean, I'll, as a go-kart, every second race you're off the back because you draw your grid for the first one and then you reverse yeah, you and then highest yeah. points to the front. So go-karting, you learn to pass. Yeah. Like, you've got to get to the front, so you learn to pass. So I like reverse grid stuff. But, yeah, every now and again I play a video here or there and remind myself that it's good fun and I need to get back into it. Good stuff. So a little bit of recent news. We'll talk about Holden... Mm. Closing down operations uh, in Australia. Mm. You've got a fairly strong link bit through of, Holden with your dad. Bit, oh, of, yeah. bit of history there. Yeah. yeah. So, so what? Um, tell us about your, your dad and how he. What involvement he had at the at the back back at the very start of the Holden yeah. dealer team. So, and I guess that's one thing that's been really rewarding about this role is particularly around the historic race meetings, the mm. guys that come up and remember dad yep. and what dad did. So started, so he's a, a man mechanic by trade, mm-hmm. um, done at Holden, and he's got some great stories about the runs they used to do from Fisherman's Bands to Dan on and back. Would have been less traffic back in those days. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lap record. Mm. I'm sure there is. <laughs> um, you know, all the apprentices, you know, you need... Six, to, six cylinder class, V8 class, all the whole bit. Yeah, four need, cylinder track. You guys need to shuffle these cars down to Dan on. Okay, let's go. Yeah. yeah, when you say shuffle, that doesn't mean hitting the limit. <laughs> so they, um, so then Norm Beachy moved in down the road from Dad. So he is a as a apprentice mechanic tapped on the door and um, do you need a hand? So he helped Norm. There's photos of Dad sitting on the bottom of the Impala with the the championship trophy and, and Dad's a good steerer too. He, hill climber, yeah, bit of circuit stuff. There's a photo of him floating around the internet, turn one sand in where it's thrown the wheel and the axle out mm-hmm. and he's, he's arm on the door yep. so he's, he's still out of control uh, he will say yes yes <laughs> he will say yes yeah the photo proves differently yeah. <laughs> like all good races they've never ever lost control he's uh, one of his proud moments is he um, held the lap record at Templestown Hill Climb for a long time so he used to he used to hill climb his George Patterson company car Monaro on the weekend <laughs> number 37 stuck on the door so did he ever make it to the Dubbo Hill Climb I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> Possibly not. So I remember, I remember Temple State, and I remember going to Winton as a three or four year old. Like he comes out to the dummy grid, put me out of the car, and say wait there, and he'd go and do his sprint run, and then pick me up. So, so then Dad moved from Holden and worked at George Pat's, and General Motors globally had a, a rule that you couldn't you couldn't do motorsport, but you could do rallying. Yeah. So they did a lot of rallying. Yes. So, so, and even colder in the early days of the rally cross. Rally cross, yeah. So that was all sanctioned. That was that. You could do rallying. Because it was sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So they used to do a lot of rallying and there was, then they worked out, and the details of the story I'm not great on, but there's, so there's sort of a, a slush fund that um, George Pat's managed for General Motors. Yep. That was all um, created and controlled by John Bagshaw. Yeah. At the other end. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and you, you don't know what you don't know as you grow up, but, you know, John Bagshaw, uh, every Christmas was spent with the Beachies, um, John Credden, um, Leo Pruno, designer, yep. you know, all these names that now, you know, and particularly like Stephen White from the ASA, it's like, oh, you know, I was a kid, I grew up with them. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's been really nice in this role um, hearing the regard that Dad's held in and the way that, you know, the whole dealer team thing started and, um, you know, how they used to get shells off off the line so that they didn't become full cars that they had to pull apart. They could they cut a hole in the assembly line and shot them out the side door so they got nice rigid shells without all the stuff on them. So, yeah, they're, they're good stories. It's how, how motorsport grew up. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was in public affairs at Holton and sort of had a lot to do with sort of the slush fund and was sort of, for want of a better term, the bag man between um, yeah. Firth and GM. I'm not sure the slush fund is the right definition. I know that there the was... budget. A, there was a budget. There was a budget mm-hmm. that was maybe somewhat used creatively, mm-hmm. but... The Bathurst 500 rally. Mm-hmm. And the, um, yeah. And I think too with, a, you know, with an American parent... And, and not the age of, of instant communications, you know. You put on your, your monthly report that we did some extensive rallying at Mount Panorama. Mm. You know? It was just a different time, you know. But certainly the, the stories are that things wouldn't happen without sort of those three elements in, which was Firth, Dad, Bagshaw. Yep. Yeah. So, interesting history. Chris, your feelings about the future of racing with regard to Holden? Post-Holden? So post-Holden, do you see that as a, a shift in the landscape? Uh, I suppose ultimately we probably need to talk about supercars. It's sort of the, the elephant in the room in that regard. Yeah, last year the contract stuff. So, look, um, Holden, you know, I guess historic. Race meetings might get busier. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I get why. You know, GM had to do it. I get that that the maths didn't work out, that so much of their business was left-hand drive-centric. Um, and if it doesn't stack up, it doesn't stack up. Oh, I guess the speed of the announcement and the fact that the, just the brand disappears yeah. is is the thing that all of us will struggle to, to come to terms with. Speed and the but, timing as well, because it was just before Adelaide and sort of Roland Dane sort of rocked up in Adelaide and gone, what the f***? Yeah, I've heard on the rumour mill that it got leaked. So it was supposed to be a much better planned release, mm. but but it got leaked and they needed to get on the front foot. Yeah, so, okay, it's interesting. Yeah, but so yeah, mate, I I don't know. You know, it's a it's a landscape that is pretty dynamic at the moment. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions in your role as CEO at you know Bell Auto Club. Yep. Group and you're obviously allowed to say you know you can or can't mm. answer them or yeah. you can. So, with regard to supercars, you're one of the people that sits down and does the negotiations in terms of your contracts and yep. um, at you, and, and Witten Motor Raceway is, I think, one of only four or five of the six, 15 rounds that uh, promote themselves and mm-hmm. are promoted by, uh, by supercars events. Yep. Where are you guys at at the moment with your supercars contract? I know that you're on the calendar this year. Yep. Uh, have you got a, a, a... Did you sign a... Where, where are you contract yeah. you at the end at the start of you got yeah so that so our contract actually finished last year and then we've done a one year extension for this year okay obviously you'd like longer however right now with supercars we'd like to see what the product is so more luck than design the one year was the quickest way to get the 2020 deal done yep um, which means that we can get to see what what, what, are, what is supercars next year? Yep. So, you know, at the moment, the current product has a perceived value. You know, if you want to run around, you need to pay me this chunk of money. Okay, we'll agree to do that. But that comes with the Ford Holden supercars understanding. Uh, and backed up by a package of visual yeah. TV stuff with Foxtel. Yeah, correct. And obviously the Foxtel deal finishes at the end of this year. Yeah, but... Foxtel doesn't help me. So one of my challenges or our challenges as a group is that when Supercars promotes around, they've got Foxtel money on the side. Mm. I, I get no Foxtel money. I asked for someone and was told that we don't share the Foxtel money. So 
I can have somebody well, there's 100 metres from Winton Raceway watching it on Foxtel. I get and it And you get nothing. And then when you as the promoter have supercars turn up and then you fill the rest of your card mm-hmm. with support categories, and I've been involved in one of the key yeah. support categories, they turn up and, and you negotiate a deal with a support category and they pay you X amount of money for a grid. Yep. And they're all happy with that and, and they bring their cars along. But they commercially then have to deal with supercars media Mm. To get to to get on the Foxtel TV coverage, yeah. So that, that, that's another chunk. That's completely removed from their. Oh, I don't their see that. But that's completely removed from their deal that they have with Winton Motor Raceway. Mm. Yeah. Um, as the promoter of the event, yeah. The, the, the TV sits at complete arm's length. So so they're giving Foxtel some money, but they're giving you some money to to be on the card, mm-hmm. which helps in your deal. And then yep. they give Foxtel some money, which Foxtel gladly put in their pocket. And, and there's possibly a bit of a resentment with some of the competitors because Supercars say such a chunk of money. Winton's probably in a better position than the West Australian Sporting Car Club was, but WASCC wasn't making money for years and it just got to the point they had to throw in the towel. Hmm. How does that promote the health of the sport overall? How does that get you more spectators? Very deliberately, four years ago, five years ago, we sat down, so Wayne Williams, manager at the time, we sat down with the committee and worked out, what's our strength? What is what is a Winton Raceway Supercars race meeting, and if we're going to make this work, because because we would negotiation time, so yep. we finish one contract and we would negotiate another, and we looked at a really good support card. Right? We're, we're racers. We want to have good racing. We don't want demonstrations, or we don't want blank track time. We want car races. Yep, camping. Right, get the people in. You know, so extended this year to your VIP camping yep. area this year at the yep. back of eleven and twelve. Correct. Correct. So, so that's that's extended even even bigger. And that, so I think. I did some rough numbers the other day because, you know, I'm learning to be a stats nerd from this bloke over here. I reckon you've got space now for about 8,500 people in your camping ground. Yeah. We, we, well, if you sell all your sites. And, and, yeah. I mean, you know how big the Winton site is. It's massive. Yeah. There, there's a lot of real estate there. So, certainly all the region fills up from a hotel, Airbnb, um, farm stay perspective. <laughs> I spread, I I had to try and book a room for supercars around five weeks ago, and uh, yeah, I struggled. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've got some local contacts, yeah. believe me. Yeah. So, Are you got any room at your place up there? Yeah, bring a swag. Yeah, no problems, not a problem. <laughs> so, can you bring the kelpie? <laughs> so, oh, super utes aren't running, mate. All right. <laughs> no, well, that's the joy. So, we we got a call from supercars to ask us to put them on the bill, mm. which we said. Okay, the V8 version of the Super U. You know, yep. we think it fits our market. Let's have a crack. And then they cancelled on us. Yep. So. The spiritual home, mate. We made a raceway. Apparently. F- get around it. Everyone's got to run with a dog and a hay bale in the back. Yep. That's exactly right. So, yeah, we've concentrated on what we thought core strengths were. Yep. And that's what's grown the event year on year for yep. those past four or five years. And, and you look at last year. Um, absolute stroke of genius, you know, the whole field of yabbies, all shell no guts. Sorry, sex L's for those that don't know what the joke there is. Well, um, that- amazing racing and yeah. just, and instead of people going to buy hot dogs while the support categories are on, no, they'll, 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 they'll hang, they'll hang. That's what they did when the diesels were on, you see. They were hanging over, <laughs> they were hanging over the fence watching the XLs. That's right. And, but the, but again, we're racers. Yeah. You know? And the other thing you look in that category now is all the, second and third generation guys that are in that category and so it tells a story so yep. we and they did a great job last year and they, so, they back again this year yeah absolutely so absolutely. this year we got this year you got supercars 
XLs. So, so from the so from the top, say Supercars Kumo Series. Yes. Touring Car Masters. Yes. There's another one. Yeah. Yeah. XLs. XLs. And it was supposed to, to be and, Subi- and, Toy- and Toyota 86. Because Toyota 86s, 86s always traditionally had their first round at Phillip Island. Yes. That's now been cancelled in their Winton's their opening round of this series. That's right. That's so right. first time 86s have run at Winton, I think. Second. So my we didn't have them. We had their first year. Yes. Yes. Yep. We had their first year. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it should be a good bill. Yeah, it should be a good bill. Yep. Um, and the Shannons looks like an excellent bill too. Yeah. So on top of nineteen, which was not good, mm. um, we sat down with those guys, and yeah, it'll, it should be a really good race venue. But yep. that for us is a is a straight dry hire. That's track hire. Yeah. So we just want we want crowd. Yeah, to sell business, not burgers. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Yep. So it's always a little bit funny that relationship with MA4 and us, but I think that last year's round was super disappointing. You know, um, challenging were, time of year, the well, categories. It was just it was, it was a hard round. The V8 supercar retro thing was supposed to be, and that got pulled out. Then yep. the S5000 was supposed to come and do demo laps, that got pulled out. We ended up with three categories, maybe. So and and unf- even though it's not our race meeting. The, the punters don't know that. So if it's a race meeting that's at Winton, it's a race meeting at Winton. Yep. Who's the promoter and, and who's responsible for it? The punters don't, don't care. They just want to see good racing. So. I think, I think the, as, a, as a spectator, I, I just want to see good racing. I don't care who's running it. I don't really want to get not, into the politics and concern. stuff. And that's no. something that I think every sport and every sort of professional profession has this problem where everyone's sort of cutting each other's nuts in some way, shape or form. And sort of the, where a cohesive whole might be more um, more viable and make things better all around. Yeah, but also too as a venue to to try and promote. You know, we already promote probably two hundred events a year when you add in track days and tested tunes and race meetings and stuff. So you need other promoters willing to put their hand up and take the punt on running an event and take the commercial risk on the event, and then we get to do a draw hire. Because that allows our staff to step back for a weekend, and because you know we're an entertainment business, so you work lots of weekends, and allow somebody else to run a race meeting, and you're sort of second tier with a, a lower level of support, running it in the background. You need the secondary promoters to keep the venues ticking along. Now, if you want to make it more entertaining, just put a bunch of landmines around turn eight, so Scotty McLaughlin can pull the same stuff he did last year. I have a feeling there will be a. A barrier like Sandown, you know, when, when you go off at one and you've got to go through the wiggle before you rejoin at three. I think there may be something like that. Mm. Or maybe not. They, it was in the regs and they read the regs. Yep. So, I yep. mean, for a long time, the nine for four lap record was Kane or Brent Rose cutting straight across the track and crossing the strike. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's, I'm going to ask, that's our favorite word. I'm going to ask you one more and then I'm going to give some of the other questions to the Warbster. And this is probably a really interesting one. Um, Challenges and opportunities for motor racing within the next 10 years. We talk about this a lot at committee level. Because, um, I mean, for me, the one thing that I am a bit uh, taken aback with is this this international thing about electric and hybrid and no more petrol-driven engines. And um, electric cars are great in Australia because we're going to feed them with brown coal-fueled yeah, electricity. It's, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's, I'm yeah. so green. Where'd you plug it into? 
Yeah. I plugged it into the... Did you, did you charge it up during the day when your solar panels were running? Yeah. No. You charged it up at night, no problems yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. So, so great. How's, how, how, do you, how are you guys looking? I mean, as you said, yeah. you've got a fairly strong investment to, to motor racing tracks. Mm. Where, what's your crystal ball or, or anything you can, you can, yeah. you can share? Or you... No, they're di- I mean, they're discussions we have all the time because, yep. you know, as custodians of the club and the club's assets... Yep. That's our job to be thinking further into the future. So, and on that, you're custodians of, you're co-custodians of the sport. Yeah. If you're, mm. if you're a sanctioning body in one part mm. and you own and actively promote and run, actively run two racetracks, you have a very large interest in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, look, we talk about the hybrid thing, you know, we talk about the autonomous thing. Mm. Um, but. Won't they be interesting races to watch? No. Autonomous cars. Well, unless we make it like Robot Wars and they put axes and flamethrowers on them and they... Oh, no, no. <laughs> Ultimately, they'll crash. See, remember, people, spectators go to motorsport to see crashes. Mm-hmm. They just don't want anyone hurt. Correct. Race yeah. officials. Mm-hmm. Even the fire crew. <laughs> yes. Go to motorsport <laughs> well, for the crashes. It's not great fun sitting in the truck all day, is it? I may have um, witnessed a couple of... Big days or quiet days, mm. yes. The, the post-race interviews won't be that much different if they're robots because... <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. You, you could actually transplant Jamie Wincup's personality into all the robots in the autonomous cars and nobody know the difference. Or Kimi Räikkönen, not David Reynolds. What are you shaking your head at, too, love you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm interrupting your train of thought. Yeah, guys are looking for trouble. <laughs> yes, the, the, the opinion stated at Arousal, no, not a reflection on Chris Lewis Williams. <laughs> all, the BAC all, all the Bell Auto Club proprietary limited. So it makes itself, I'll put my calling on for <laughs> So, my my baseline comparison is historics. Cars will be cars. Yeah. Now, depending on where the world goes, so is it five years or is it ten years when... And, and we discussed that what will change is that insurance companies will stop insuring organics to drive cars because the autonomous things have got so big, yeah. they will say... And what will happen is premiums go up. So, if you're autonomous, like what, why would you need insurance with an autonomous car? Because it should never crash. Okay. So then, when they when they finally get it right, when yeah, <laughs> they, they will, <laughs> then so the organic drive. So then, all of a sudden, your premium is a thousand, or it's two thousand, or three thousand. So if I want to drive my twenty twenty historic Commodore, mm. where am I allowed to drive it? Well, maybe yeah, at I'm, your racetrack. I'm at, at a track. I'm at the motor park. I'm at the whatever yeah. it be. So yep. you know, internationally, there's already you know accommodation on site, store my vehicle on site, yep. drive on the track. Maybe not necessarily race on the track, but but you are doing laps, so or enjoying your vehicle. Possibly or, like the um, Ascari Resort in Spain. Is that the where right? Yeah. You have your historic race car. They, I don't know whether they prep or look after it. But yeah. They generally store yeah. it. Yeah. You you rock up with suit and helmet and just yeah. start turning laps. And and that again because of it, the rural locations for the circuits. What is the cost of a two car garage in in major CBD? Yeah. If it's five hundred thousand dollars for that space now, if you can buy the same space or lease the same space in the country, I'll I'll store my car there. Yeah. So they're all opportunities that we're fleshing out at the moment because who knows? It's a dynamic space. Yeah. You know, fortunately, business wise, I grew up in dynamic space. So old thermal fax roll mm-hmm. yeah, loaded in the fax machine. So that's what I started selling. Yeah. And then fax became plain paper fax. 
and then some smarty invented email. Yep. And in an afternoon, our business was... Yeah. So we moulded into Inkjet. Yep. And then Inkjet went from black lines doing plans to colours to graphics to indoor and outdoor to signage, and off we went. So we just rode the technology. So I've been fortunate work-wise to be in a dynamic space where you've got to change the technology. And there's not many industries that have been as affected as much at technology as print, yeah, photography. So um, you just you got to keep your finger on the pulse, mm. listen to Racing Insiders, so you know what's going on, so that you can <laughs> you can go where the opportunities oh, we are. are. So, we are so clipping that. <laughs> we are so clipping that for now. I was going to say that just remember that um, nobody trusts us. We've got no credibility, and only six people listen to our podcast. Now seven now. Seven. Nope. Yeah, Chris has admitted. Yeah, Chris has yeah, admitted. You haven't done yeah. the, the, the mere audit of your. We don't believe it. <laughs> we don't believe the numbers we get because there's so many more people that sort of like say stuff to us and like, who? Are you, where did you? Hang yeah. on, I've never seen you before. <laughs> but what's so? I spent a little bit of time in the car, grinding up and down the highway, mm. and. Um, Podcasts are a great way to um, to make the time pass. Yep. And Just don't actually ring one through Fabs because it doesn't actually. I'll delete that out of my contacts there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Anytime, anywhere, one three cabs will get you there. One three cabs will get you there. Kitty folks, it's me, Phoebe and Cooktar, picking up another customer for the one three Fabs Mustang Supercar Taxi. Because there's fuck all else to do with this virus. Or oh, she, not him again. Hello, Mr. Roland. You don't look very happy. Supercars is almost fucking dead. That fucking clown seamer can't seem to shut the fuck up in the news headlines. Jamie's fucking shit out of racing, so I've not got much to be happy about. I knew there was a reason I never hired you, you dolt. And to top it off, can you believe they didn't put enough bloody fuel in the car again? Or where to, Roland, bro? Fucking banyo, where do you think? Okay, bro. But on a brighter note, in case you ever focus on anything other than yourself, or Ken McConville, I'm going alright. The taxi job's topping up JobKeeper nicely, by the way. And thanks for asking, Roland. Yeah, sorry, Fabs. I might have been a bit short. It's a tough time for everybody. So, uh, Fabs, do you think they'll put enough quality race fuels uh, in uh, next race? I don't know, bro. I know the boys at race fuels are going to have lots and lots of good E85. Nice and fresh for us to use when we finally get back racing. Hang on, is this a one free Fabs ad or a race fuels ad? So there you have it folks, anytime, anywhere, 1-3-Fabs will get you there faster, bro. Especially when you put enough race fuels quality E85 in the tank. Thanks Mark. Um, Warbster, I think you need to run the next couple, given, uh, uh, given yes. uh, I don't want to upset my mates at MA4. Uh, yes, yeah. um, Uncle Eugene and friends. Obviously, the Australian Autosport Alliance is part of the BSA business, and as an alternative um, sanctioning body to Motorsport Australia, what does AASA do as a sanctioning body? We oversee the conduct of a whole range of motorsport events. So, yeah, we have the same paperwork structure, permit application structure. We don't, you don't have to be affiliated with us to be able to run an event. So, we just work with promoters, be they a car club or be they an independent promoter, to put on events. Our, I guess, I mean, the, the AASA was formed out of Bob Jane, Clem Smith, 
John Tetley, Mick Ronk, um, John Davison, mm-hmm. just being frustrated with, with motorsport administration. So um, essentially it's an insurance play, or was back then. You know, they, they, were, they felt they were giving too much of their revenue to, to CAMS at the time. Mm-hmm. So they got on a plane and went to talk to the, the underwriters and said, would you underwrite us? And they went, well, you guys run events all the time. Why would we not trust you to run events? And so we're talking Lloyds of London from memory? Correct. Yeah, correct. So what's the main difference between sort of SA and CAMS in a pure artist business sense? Formerly known as CAMS. Sorry, the artist formerly known as CAMS. Well, I better put my corporate hat on here because we have, a, we have a, an inside joke way that we describe it. But that would probably get me in trouble. So we just... No, go ahead. Go. We just tried to... No, no. It might get me in trouble too. Don't. <laughs> so we just try and make it as easy as possible for people to enjoy the sport that they want to participate in, say, or official in. Or So we've just worked really hard to make the application process, the evaluation process, as seamless as possible. Do you think your experience as a competitor and probably a lot of the other people involved in the management probably helps that because having seen the pitfalls and the frustrations, you can sort of fix them? Absolutely. We've got officials that work in the business. We've got competitors that work in the business. Um, How can it not? How can you have an opinion on it if you haven't lived it? And I think, I mean, you don't have to live everything, but certainly you get to interact with the people that, that do it. And our sport runs on people that don't at their time. You know, if, if we had to pay every official, what would a competitor be paying for an entry fee? It's not 700 bucks anymore, it's 2500 you know. So that's, thankfully, you know, we've got this great band of people that love motorsport so much that they want to get close to it and they're happy to donate their time because competitors need them to run. And even, you know, with light systems and CCTV and you still need guys on the ground. When, when, when something happens, you still need guys on the ground. You know, they haven't created the uh, rescue robot yet, so no. we need guys. That, that'll be that'll stuff. be about the same time they have like, the, the autonomous cars. They just have like the robots come in and just start you know, for yeah. the fires and stuff. And, and, and what Chris says is right, and it's it, it's it's across all of the sanctioning bodies. When you look at Andra, um, the the the, 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 well, the the speedway, yeah. the the myriad of different speedway mm. uh, sanctioning bodies, Mo- motorcycling Australia. ASA, Motorsport Australia, races as, a, as yes, another alternative body in Queensland. Ultimately, a lot of those people that volunteer their time volunteer for much more than one of those mm-hmm. sanctioned groups yes. uh, because they are experienced motorsport officials and they are passionate about their motorsport. Mm. Um, I think that um, one thing that you touched on, Chris, about experiences, one of the things that I find rewarding for me was in the, the time I spent working as one of the senior officials at Winton, it didn't matter whose name was on the top of the permit, whether it was a ASA issued permit or a, back then a CAMS issued permit, the way we ran the race meeting wasn't any different. Mm. We we ran a, a ASA event to the ASA rulebook mm-hmm. and we ran a CAMS event to the CAMS rulebook and they were ultimately, the, the, the conduct of the event is very similar for the basic safety premise. Um, some of the judicial sits a little differently, but ultimately, uh, the, how we go about it on a, you know, on a, on a, a race to race and a, and a structurally, but structural basis is exactly the same. It's, um, 
it's common sense skill. And it's and it's doing what is the right thing to do and the right way to run an event. And that mm. goes for everything from a club sprint to a drift day yeah. to an off-road event to mm. a circuit race yeah. meeting to a, to a tarmac rally to whatever. Yeah, and I guess some of the opportunities for us come about as motorsport emerges. So things like drift and burnout, which are not traditional MA4 areas expertise, but rather than have them run unsanctioned or through the industrial estate, um, as circuit owners, you get the opportunity to host them and then you start working with them. So really cages, if you can have passengers, we need you to do this. Can you please not show up with 200 litres of E85 and a 6x4 trailer? You know, all the, all the rules and regs that we get exposed to with more formalised circuit racing, you can start introducing those to the other disciplines of the sport. And there's always going to be a certain degree of best practice regardless of whose name's on top of the ticket. Well, it's, it's business 101. So if we start having a bad insurance record, we are out of business. Mm. So it's, you can't, you can't flout the rules. And particularly in the age of social media, you certainly can't flout the rules because people post whatever they see because they believe it's their content. Yep. So you have to always be on top of your game and you have to be learning and you, oh, that's, we haven't seen that before. How do we adjust to that? What do we do with that? I have to admit that someone chasing sports today are pretty funny with it. <laughs> oh, well, he could have put it in gear. <laughs> back to the, back to the hard hitting questions. Oh. Your contemporary Motorsport Australia, Eugene Rocco, has been extremely negative about the role the AASA plays in the sport, especially on the matter of safety standards. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a standard line here, but what, what do you make of all this? What's the... What would I say, Warpster? I would say that in more recent times, I think we've found a bit of a way to cohabitate together, mm. but I would also say that MA4... Would, would like the position of MA2 to be the pr- pretty much the only sanctioner. I mean, the AASA used to do motorbikes, but commercially it made no sense for us to be there. So we partnered with MA2 and we exited that business. MA4 would love to be sort of exclusive, except racers are now doing more in the bike space. And I guess that's one of the challenges for MA4 is that if the AASA disappeared, it's not going to stop another competitor opening up. Mm. It, so it, it's about, I think it's about being in the market and finding a way to, you're always going to have competitors. Yeah. Every, every business I've ever been in, we've had competitors. So you work out where your strengths and weaknesses are and you play to your strengths. And if it's a weakness, you either make it not a weakness or you go, I'm sorry, that's just not our market. So the AASA knows that we're not going to be sanctioning supercars anytime soon. So don't concentrate on it. And if that's how it it works, where we are more, that word we all love, grassroots, and MA4 play in the biggest space, then why why is that not a bad thing? I'd love it, you know, early early on, in my first year, we had a, um, like a track owners summit, which was hosted by Bruce Keys. Um, Mark Scaife was there and, and we just talked about, you know, track safety issues and, um, where we were all at with our track licenses and FA, FIA gradings and that kind of stuff. And yeah, th- that was really helpful, but it hasn't been run since. So I, I guess I've got a, a desire for us as track owners to get together because I think we need a voice that's a bit more united as track owners because without tracks, motorsport, and the economic argument for building a track ain't all that strong. No, and the Shaheens are probably... There aren't going to be too many more Shaheen families 
who A, have a lot of money and B, uh, a really, really strong passion for the sport, who will go out and spend and spend and continue to spend uh, and have probably oh. still got another 18 months or two years of their yeah. of their long-term CapEx yeah. uh, plan yeah. with, a, with a potential to never, ever get a return on it. They'll never get a return on that. No. No way. No, but... And that's, you know, motorsport, and thankfully, the Shaheens like fast cars. Yeah. I mean, if they liked racehorses, and plenty of rich guys like racehorses, yep. that money would have gone down a completely different path. Yep. So, yeah, yeah motorsport owes them a, a big debt of gratitude for, yep. for, for creating that, the facility, which is, you know, world class. Absolutely. It, it causes us some grief because circuits keep raising the bar. So, tin sheds at Winton used to be okay for pits. Now... You know, City Motorsport Park, Bathurst, the Bend. You know, yep. We've got to, we've got to do better. You know, the customers expect more now. So, but ultimately, that's a result of competition, exactly, which right. is the healthiest way to go about it. In terms of the, when you start talking about like federal governments and these sorts of things, a United Front would be more helpful, I would presume. Yeah. Well, yes, because as a voice, what we've all got to do better is tell our story. So, why, why should a government give money to a motorsport facility as opposed to one of the other 7,000 submissions they've got sitting in front of them. So why why should they give money to a motorsport facility instead of Sean Seymour as well? Because what dollars there are there, and okay, that's a... That's not a project budget that they're taking that out of. That's a marketing budget, but ultimately it's yeah, all the an, same. An event budget, yeah. The money's the money, mm. and, and they supercars are very good at selling their story. We will bring this many people who will spend this many dollars and stay this many room nights... And da da. Yeah. This year at Adelaide was the first time they hadn't had the big rock star act, and so it was a, it was a gauge of motorsport fans. Yeah. And it was still two hundred and thirty thousand or something. Yes, like, but but lowest crowd in a long time. Yes, so but it was motorsport crowd. So yeah. I can bolt the red hot chili peppers on the end of it and get another eighty. Mm-hmm. But that's not a motorsport crowd. No. So. So that is still a Mac. Oh, I had 230 at Winton, thanks for supercars. Mm. I'd be a rock star. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a real measure of motorsport. And that's still, that's a solid event. You yeah. know, so yes, bolting on the big concert on the end gives you Hollywood numbers, but still as a standalone motorsport event, that's a, that's a good thing. However, that event to put on would be expensive. And that's, I was glad you said that because I was about to go with everything needs to be taken in its context. Your, yours and Jeff Gretsch's break even number for, yeah. for Winton Supercars is a hell of a lot less because your sanctioning fee is your sanctioning fee yeah. to, to supercars yes. as the, as yeah. the, as the overarching. Sanctioning fee, permit, permit, infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But we're a permanent circuit. So you, yeah. So of course, so that, that, that's where you, you don't have to bring in your pit buildings. You don't have to bring your, don't have to do all your, your walls, don't have to do all your, your normal infrastructure, which is where a lot of that government money ends up going. Yes. But they measure that as activities. So, yeah. So when they start building the circuit and the 45 forklift drivers and the trucks coming in and out, and know, that's all made as part of the activity for the event. Hmm. Now, it's it's activity for the event. It's false. Yes. Because John A picks up the concrete block and puts it down yeah. and waits three weeks and then picks, picks it up. Picks it back up and, and goes. And we're no different to Albert Park the, right the, now. the last six weeks. Right now. Yeah. So, But when they measure the event, that's all activity. Yep. So the number goes, we bought in $600 million over so many days. Of economic activity. But surely as a permanent circuit, you can say, okay, I brought in this amount of activity for this event, and then during the week, mm. I've got drive days, I've got corporate, I've got whatever exactly. else. Yeah, the per- permanent facility. I think Townsville was a real lost opportunity. You know, to build a track. Yeah. Why, why build a street circuit in Townsville? Yeah. Why, 
you've got plenty of land out there. Why would you not partner up with Supercars and give us a 10-year agreement for an event on a permanent circuit just on the outskirts of town? Yep. Because there is no motorsport facility out of southeast Queensland. Right. So what happens for one weekend, people in towns will like motorsport, and mm. then they go back and go fishing. Yeah. So there's no better... So where's old, where's old mate with his improved production? Or so his Queensland Touring car? Hidden or his... Valley. Hidden Valley. Perfect perfect comparison. Similar population. Yes. Right. But at Hidden Valley. So it creates um, engine guys, electronic guys, tyre guys, creates body motors, guys. Creates a motorsport industry, which is where I'm going to get a go with later in, yeah. when we talk about... You know, potentially life after supercars if and that, if it implodes, yeah. and that's that's the, that's the shame of Townsville that it, it it deserved the government said, well, how about we do a permanent one because the money that they've spent in ten years building up there and putting it down, you'd have a great facility. You've only got a look class at, facility. You've only got to look at some like the Silverstone Northampton area where they've got like a motorsport Silicon Valley. Yep, exactly right. Between Milton Keynes and mm-hmm. Silverstone, where every yep. second building is like Pro Drive or Formula One team or Red Bull or yep. whoever. Exactly. And we could have that in anywhere in Australia well, if we put the thought and well, infrastructure are in it. Are we going to have the Motorsport Centre of Excellence at City Motorsport Park? Next to the tip where it stinks. Mm. Sorry, Eastern Creek. I'm pretty sure that's the only time you'll hear the phrase Team Sydney in excellence in the same sentence. So the other one there is that they're going to build the replacement for Parramatta Speedway mm-hmm. on the tip where yes. it stinks. Yes. And they're going to share the car park with Wissard, mm-hmm. as we've said before, Western Sydney Sydney International Dragway. Mm-hmm. So uh, it will be a motorsport precinct. Mm. Not quite sure about Centre of Excellence, but, you know, hey, I got that off the press release. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Might have hit my inbox too. Oh, we all know about we all know about um, press releases. They're they're awesome. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they tell you absolutely nothing. I think the next one's yours, Warbster. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple to round us out. Okay, Stadium Super Trucks debacle, as we've called it, of last year was partly ended by AASA sanctioning. Hey, hey, hey. You want to try it again? Jumpy trucks. Oh, jumpy trucks. Yes. Sorry. The- even even my uh, even my compatriots at MA four. Last week, two weekends ago, we're referring to them as jumpy trucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the jump- wonder which podcast they heard jumpy trucks on. David Crowsley? Mm, apparently. Yeah. Uh, jumpy trucks, that was all sort of partly ended by um, SA sanctioning them at the SMP AMRS round. Partly ended? Oof. Can I continue? No, the shit fight ended when you guys... <laughs> well, once everyone went, hang on, this whole band by... Um, Oh, okay. Bullshit. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I was saying that, that we ended jumpy trucks. No, no, no. no, no. The complete opposite. Yeah. No. That olive grove that you've got growing at the back of Winton that we talked about earlier, you uh, you extended a, an olive branch to, to jumpy trucks and, and no. your com- your compatriots at MA4 went, hey, hang on a minute. We mm. need to... I think I think they needed jumpy trucks back. Supercars needed jumpy trucks because they knew they weren't going to have uh, it, rollover utes. It's a, it's, a, it's a promoter play. So... Mm. Again, Wayne Williams at the time at Winton Raceway, the cancellation of Surface Paradise after the rollover at WA when the wheel came off, which was then followed by the diesel ute where the wheel fell off and parked itself in the crowd at Queensland Raceway. The dam. The dam. Mm. And the um, tail shaft that launched itself off the uh, TCM car. Yes. Ah, yes. At Bathurst. Yes, true that. True that. So we just reached out to them and said, look, we know you've lost a round. We've actually got a race meeting for the AMRS at City Motorsport Park. Would you like to come? Now, normally, um, stadium super trucks are a pay. 
Um, so the promoter pays to get them on because they're worth tickets. Robbie Gordon and Nathan Kayser. Mm-hmm, thank you. So we extended the olive branch. They said that would be lovely. So the two containers showed up, ramps, yeehaw, the mechanics. I mean, Robbie, to his credit, like that that would have cost him plenty. They're used to being paid to show up. So the drivers are paid drivers. Some of them are guest drivers. But you know, they're used to getting a chunk of promoter money. And that's, that's not our game at AMRS. So we gave them an opportunity to run. Working with Robbie Gordon from a a safety perspective, top notch. Like we did some testing on the Thursday night with the ramps just to get them in the right spot. What was surprising to me was he kept moving the ramps back closer to the apex. So like, what are you doing that for? He said, because we'll work out how to corner fast and we'll be hitting the ramps too fast. So he just kept practicing and practicing and practicing the corner and practicing the corner. They get the, the ramp positions mark them on the side with paint and we ran jumpy trucks we were selfishly we were hoping to pull crowd we did do some marketing into sydney to try and get a crowd there but wasn't the cash windfall that we hoped it would be and we didn't do it specifically as a as a thumb your nose at, at cams at the time it was that here's a really cool racing class that's lost a way to race do you want to come play so that's what we did it's the right thing to do no no insurance issues or anything like that Oh, it was busy. Okay. It was busy. So being insurance companies like things to fit into framework. So we'd not run them before. Yeah. So we had the experience with off-road, which was helpful, but not on bitumen. So we needed to get their their understanding of what it was. And there are some fairly not great highlight reels on YouTube if you put in stadium super trucks. Yes. And so when insurers look at that stuff, they squirm a little. But again, good Good support in Australia and good support in the UK. They've met us, so they know that we're not cowboys, that we just put on events for the sake of events. And I wouldn't sanction stadium super trucks at Surface Paradise. It's narrow, it's people everywhere, it's buildings everywhere. It's, you just got to look at what happened with Scotty Mack last year. It's, I, would, I wouldn't sleep well if I was holding that permit. So where is Sydney Motorsport Park? From pit wall to grandstand is 30. It's a big type, it's miles. <laughs> Well, it's, a level, it's a level two if I track. Yeah, so. it's paddock. So, well, but but again, that front straight was a drag strip. Yeah, was it was an international standard drag strip. Yeah, of course. Of course so it had yeah, there's there's heaps of room both sides. Correct, correct. So, look, it was you know it was great to work with those guys. You know, um, got called Jason Smith, who's um, he's their commentator, but also he's got from USAC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had good conversations yep. over a beer and, and steak, and yep. it was an eye opener. It was the right thing to do to give them an opportunity to race. I do I want to say this. I was disappointed. Now we've never run them at Winton. I think we could with the ramps in the right places. Yep. A, a nice thank you would have been that we were offered a stadium super trucks on our bill because I think they would. On super cars. Yeah. But especially given. But it's a it's given rollover yet have uh, yeah have, have died. And that's so, yeah. It would have been nice to get the phone call and said, thanks for the port you did for us the other year. Mm-hmm. You know, we're now back on the bill. Would you like a round of us? Yeah. Well, that's back to the end of 18, wasn't it? September yeah. 18. Yeah. So yeah. it was a, it's a stadium super trucks, supercars deal. So they want them at their events. Yeah. So, but have been, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. Winton's had a bit of an upgrade lately with um, some curbing and Term 4's been reprofiled. Yeah. So that's, that's fresh eyes from Mr. Grick. So yep. nine, nine's getting some curbs that 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 run out. Yeah, pro, curb, but project. Yeah. So there's a bit of stuff. 
coming out of MA2, yep. and then just a bit of stuff around flow, and Jeff came up with the idea that if we could get them side by side, and, and we also had that tiny little kink between mm. three and four, yep. which if you see like a really early photo of Winton, it's actually quite pronounced, that, that curve in and out, and over time, I guess we've just taken the curve out, but there was still that funny bit that you could ask Chaz, mm. you can drop the wheel off and end up with your boot um, up on the fence, so we've... Oh, Lee Holdsworth. Cam McConville, Thomas Mazira, the list of people grab them, grab them. The yeah. list, the mm. list of people that I dragged out of that sand trap and pulled them back on their wheels. Is yeah, yeah, pretty huge. Yeah, it's nice. All, all feedback. So we've done an AMRS round and some TCR testing, and all feedback is nice. My, my feedback was that uh, in the course car at the speed you would be taking flaggies out. It's good for about twenty to twenty-five k's faster across across the apex. That's a fair improvement at passenger speed yeah, in a road car. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. There'll certainly be some. Uh, so I think if the, if the rest of the if it's dry and the rest of the track's good, there'll be some 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 noticeable yeah. improvement laptop. I think the one thing that it will do is uh, it'll move that turn four crash further down towards flag box five. Yeah. So exactly right. And that yeah. might even put flag box five in the firing line. Yeah. More than it is. But we can. Push him left, yes, and hang the light out on an arm. And given that you move flag point two, which yeah, I, think sort of is, I think is a great idea. When you're, you're, uh, it's been interesting looking at some of the social media, being the social media do so. Um, you know, oh, it's the wrong side. It's out of the driver's view. It's by uh, well, no, we're going to just go and look at some in car. I haven't been up there this year yet. Have a look at some in car and where you're looking. You, you can as you cross the start finish line and, and pop out from the pit wall. Mm. You see the light. Yeah, like and, 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 you, and, the, and the other track system. See, the other, one of the other things that uh, people, people may not be aware of, in the last 12 months, mm-hmm. yeah, Winton have changed from the old Traxxas system Traxxa. that was probably, what, 12 years yeah. old, Chris, at least, yeah. Yeah. to first, a new... First circuits to go lights? Yeah, so first circuit, uh, it's first two circuits in Australia. First circuit in Australia to go lights mm-hmm. was Winton, then Wakefield not long after. And I believe you guys are the first circuit to use alley tracks to do absolutely everything in the full package and that some of the questions oh. you've been asking one of my spies one of my witness spies this is interesting you're the you're the CEO and my witness spies are, I've got one on you and, and, and the alley I know, tracks I know your witness spies are better than my witness spies the, yeah. uh, the alley tracks boys apparently uh, during the setup and programming phase were like well does it do this and the alley tracks oh, boys sorry. the alley tracks boys go well no it doesn't and, we, and the boys were, and our uh, yeah. the guys were saying we well, well the old one used to do that and they go oh well okay we'll have to go away and reprogram so, that so no, alley, alley tracks have had a win as well you, you are correct so for its for its age, the Traxxas system was was actually pretty impressive. Yeah, and there were some things about that system that were really intuitive, mm. and, and also to the way that we would work with the lights. Yep, and so then to come with a new system that some things were better, but then it's like, why does it do that? Mm. Oh, we didn't think of that. So yeah. that, you are correct that they certainly left with a bit more knowledge about how, particularly we run and. They, they will keep upgrading that system because the tracks tracks need to go more automatic, yeah, more manless, yeah, or less manpower. Yeah. We're fortunate at both our tracks that we've got great line of sight. Whereas somewhere like a Sydney Motorsport Park or the Bend, where you lose them um, and you wait for them to pop out, so the way we run our tracks is different to the way Nurburgring or you know where they spar, where they disappear for ages. So 
um, we get to cheat a little bit because we've got such good line of sight. So yeah, so and we'll continue with upgrades. So back on the upgrade question. Yep. So so we, we what you and I have had some discussions over the years. What's what's on the wish list and what's on the on the maybe list or what you what uh, can you tell so, us? So curbs definitely. Yep. So the goal will be throughout this year to continue to put in. Um, Melbourne curbs, Melbourne curbs wherever we can. Yeah, for longer. Melbourne, yeah. longer or Melbourne curb. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, you know, some of the guys actually like the high curb because mm-hmm. you put you the put off. the outside rear on and control the car and drive off. Yep. But that's a car space. Then a bike space just don't like. They just get launched nine, especially they pick them up big ramps, yeah. Yeah, big ramps. So that's absolutely a focus for this year and. The cafe has had an upgrade in all its cooking equipment. Yep. So through, again, a contact of Jeff Gretsch, we were able to get some equipment. And so that happened over Christmas. We are in the middle of a of a much longer term plan. Pit garages you touched on earlier. Is that, a, is that something you think you, do you, do you, do you need? Do you need to do it? How, how much do you need to do it? Uh, do you pick for, up, do you pick up the sheds and relocate them somewhere else? No, it depends on the events that you end up with. Yeah. So for state, lower level national club events that we run now, mm-hmm. the facilities we have are fine. Yep. Maybe a touch up here and there, but for the biggest shows in town, yep. they want more. So concrete viewing platform on the top. All that stuff. Glass, glass corporate area above, you know, I think Phillip Island, Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah. That's, you know, and what that also does, we believe, opens up that corporate market. So, you know, you're, you're giving out cafe lattes on level one mm. and doing, doing your instructional videos or whatever it be, and then you're down into the garages onto the circuit. That's kind of minimum acceptable standard these days, and that's what we need to get to. And even function space yeah, for, the, for the region. I mean, yeah, we, we have you know, that great corporate facility, which we're using more than ever, but it's only cooled in one end. It's not heated at all. So it's, you know, you, you will, as you well have experienced, the minus five degrees at winter morning. Yeah. If it's minus five outside, it's minus five inside the corporate town. So, you know, rather than having to keep bringing in that infrastructure warm up, cool down. And so then you look at it and go, do we spend that money there? Or do we go, no, no, let's do this once and do it properly and you build something new and shiny. So that's the evaluation stuff we're going through now. Yep. And Wakefield's exactly the same. Yeah. It needs better viewing facilities. You know, it's the nation's spectator track. And yes, you can see everything, but we need better facilities. Right? And yeah, with, with not a lot of spend, you can see everything better. Yeah, absolutely. But we wouldn't, we wouldn't spend that money without knowing it's got a future. Why would you throw three to five mil at a resurface at a new pit facility knowing that the council are going to pull your permit in six months' time? Correct. Or, no, that there's no guarantee that the council aren't going to pull yeah, your permit in six right. months. Yeah, that's right. So if you spend that money, you, you want 10 years. Yeah. Minimum. Minimum. So that's sort of getting the stakeholders in the room and going, okay, in order to bring this thing forward, in order to get the economic benefit for you as a council and... You as a state. Uh, again, if if you're if you're a local council area, most sport is just brings it brings money, and you don't come for two hours for a footy match, or you don't come for you know you're there two or three nights without fail, and it's not just you; it's you, at least one mate, maybe a wife, maybe a couple of mates. Like it's a it's a chunk, and yep. it's you know three, four, five, six times a year. So, so an example of that is the. State racing to the state round uh, mm-hmm. end of end of March. Yep, 
um, looking at probably somewhere around 200 entries, maybe a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 200 cars, 200 drivers. That's at least a thousand people. Yeah. So there's there's a thousand people that will come to the area that have to be accommodated. Mm-hmm. So there's a thousand beds. There's uh, found, yeah. there's there's two thousand evening meals for Friday night, Saturday night. Yep. Uh, Lunch. Then it's Woolworths going in and buying your bread rolls and your to do and you're cooking your bacon egg or you buy it from our cafe. Yeah, it's just it's exponential. Yep. It's, beers, it's the beers at the pub. Yeah. You know, all all of those things. Which so. is where which is we're going back to what you were talking about before with sort of the economic stimulus and sort of telling that story to. You have to. The powers that pay. Yeah, and we and we are concentrating on doing that better. So, but firstly, we want to agree the story, and this is the bigger plan. So get the story right, and then get out there and sell it. So. Yep. We, this is what Winton 2025 wants to look like. And this is what Wakefield 2025 wants to look like. We, as a, as a group of companies can afford to fund this. We need assistance from federal, state, local to do that. Yep. And that's the story that we want to go out and tell. Yeah. And driver training, kids. I know that you partnered with um, Canberra Police and Youth yep. Club in uh, yep. with Dean's done that up at, uh, at Wakefield. Uh, Wakefield, yep. Um, and again, and some other charity stuff. And, yep. and look, it's get it off you, the you, streets. But you're doing it. Mm. But you're doing it for no other reason than it's the right thing to do as part of the community. You're not. You're not doing it because you think you should be doing it. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, so at Winton, the BAC and Winter are involved with the L2P program. Yep. So where the council provides the car and a mentor to sit next to them to help the kids get their 120 hours. Yep. Because, you know, I was lucky growing up, mum and dad both drove, so getting hours wasn't a problem. But you don't think that if mum and dad don't drive, yep. or, or you don't have mum and dad, yep. how do you crack up 120 hours? Yep. So or if, there's, if dad's not about and mum doesn't drive, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a challenge. So, yeah, so we, with um, John McElroy's local Toyota dealer, so long-term BAC member, partnered up with the council, came to us and said, would you contribute? Of course we would. You know, it's a nice, simple way to give back that makes sense to us because it's cars. Yeah. So they're all those little programs we just want to keep finding and being involved. We are really close to the high country, yeah. so we should be doing four-wheel drive training. Yep. We should be able to come to Winton on the Saturday and we'll teach you how to winch and we'll teach you how to go up a hill and throw a puddle into that. And then you might nick off into the, the hills. I know a local earthworks contractor who could bring some machinery out and help build your four-wheel drive course. Well, he built the original track. He so did build he the original track, followed followed, uh, followed his old man around in the, yeah. in, the in the bulldozer. Current, current president. Current of the president club. of the Vanilla Roto Club, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the great and the first man to ever hold the lap record. That's him. And I saw his saw the car that he held that lap record in just this weekend down at Phillip Island. The faux pas. The faux pas. Yes. Yeah. So he's a good man. He's a great man. He's yeah, a he's uh, a, he's a wonderful. He's it's a it's a privilege to have known him as long as I have, and it's a privilege to call him a friend. Yeah, he's he's a he's a ripper. Yeah, heart of gold. Calls a spade a spade. You know, for his age, he's still very sharp, and he's out in his recovery truck whenever he can, helping yep. out the club. So yep. yeah, he's a good man. Yeah, good man. Whoops, have you got any others? Um, no, I think we've pretty well covered it, and um. Wow, this is longer than a regular show, so I think this is going to have to go standalone. <laughs> reckon, we, reckon we're just going to squeeze a standalone episode in this. We need to yeah. uh, we'll cut a bit of Tim saying safety cardboards and flags uh, in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> whack a, uh, we well, might have to we might have to do a Witten Motor Raceway ad in the middle. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, he wants that sort of publicity. We'll get uh, Lachlan Mansell to do the voiceover for it. Oh, Chris. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Lachlan Mansell, and I'd like to say that. The Racing Insiders Racing Cast is the best podcast 
I've ever heard. It's even better than mine and Dave's tools. And I'm not going to edit this out. <laughs> they didn't do many, though, did they? No. Dave and Lockie? No. Couple? No. <laughs> they, did, they, they do the 12 hour every year. Oh, that's right, they do too. Correct. Yeah, they do the 12 Correct. hour. And, uh, and, yes, and yes, I am friends with both Lachlan and Dave. <laughs> yes. May not be friends with Lachlan if I, do, if I don't edit that out. Yeah. What are you um, talking about? That 12 hour podcast was great. It's a great cure for insomnia. <sighs> um, so, two, two last questions. Yes. At the moment, what's right in the sport? Uh, so, uh, what's consistent, which is the people? So yep. we're a people business. Um, I have a little throwaway saying is that, you know, we're in a sport where you spend money you don't have on things you don't need. Yep. Um, but it, it's the people. You know, I, that, that, I, hold, that holds true with officials who are out of pocket going to events that they probably shouldn't go to yeah. because they really want to well, be yeah, there. Exactly and, you know, right. it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's, petro- all levels. it's petrol, it's dinner, it's... It's accommodation, it's, we, you know, it's we all say it. We've got the sickness, you yeah. know, we, yeah. and it's my father's fault that, you know, love motorsport. And it's my man's fault dragging me to Cauldron and winking when I was four or five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... Your old man's fault dragging you to the Thunderdome, but, you know, a young age too. Sandown. Sandown. Thunderdome. Yep. Colder. Yeah, so that, but they'll, you know, you, you go back to the, the halcyon days of Thunderdome where, so my father ran Eddie Abelnicka's... Oscar, mm-hmm. so I got dragged into being a tyre changer. Yep. And those those Saturday into Saturday night events mm. were just the high point of the, amazing, you got there it? early, you yeah. practised, you qualified, you had the dusk race, yep. I wait for the sun to go down, you had the nighttime race, we pack up the Oscar, you're back up on the hill holding a can of beam and cola, watching NASCAR, yep. pack it up, go home, you get your Sunday back. Yeah. Like It was such a good package. It was Spent you know, HQs, Sportsman's, yep. Oscars, NASCAR. Yeah. Remember when they were in Missile V there? Remember watching I was petrified. Yeah. I was never been so scared <laughs> in my life watching for me sitting in a fire tray, VFRS one tunnel, <laughs> petrified, absolutely shitting my pants watching Formula V's run around there. Uh, and so many, so many HQ Holdens getting written off that I'm surprised there are any left at all. 268,000 were made, Warbster. Who's the stats nerd now? And I'm pretty sure they crashed at least 200,000 off the Actually, you know what, what I find surprising is how little Thunderdome stuff is on YouTube. Isn't it sad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, where where is that footage? Well, Channel 7 might have binned it, who knows? Because 7 had it, SBS had it, there was a lot of footage. Just a lot of footage. All right, so, can, sorry, so, so, no, I, so the people... No, no, no I, dodged, I dodged it a bit, but... No, no, no not I, really. But I think, too, like, my experience is, is not corporate motorsport. So we're, apart from the negotiations we do with supercars and that event each year, the pure commercialisation of motorsport is in our core strength. You know, we are, we are day-in, day-out car people, that, and we want people to come and use our facilities... And we want our sanctioning business to oversee whatever that motorsport is. So, Winton, for example, your four biggest weekends of the year mm-hmm. in order of crowd attendance are supercars first, mm-hmm. Austin seven, historic Winton, uh, historic Winton second, yep, yep. Um, festival, VHRR yeah. co-promoted with Benella Auto with Winton Motor Raceway Festival of Speed, historics mm-hmm. third, mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't. Wouldn't say no. what Shannon's called this week. Uh, the Motorsport Smack. Australia Smack. 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 You need to be on Smack if you don't get to around this year. Awesome. 
So uh, Shannon's Motorsport Australia National. Our experience last year wasn't good, but I think this year. So this year, having having done a bit of research, and I'll be up there uh, working with your team again Mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. So. TCR, mm-hmm. S5000, mm-hmm. baby Porsches. Mm-hmm. Yes. LMP3, mm. gazetted for it. Yep. If it happens, not sure where that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Prototype series is yep. being very much reinvigorated this year. I'm a, yep. a, a bit of a fan of those. And I th- heard a Whisper 944. Is it getting an invite? They certainly, uh, I mean, Mark, who's president of for he he does that negotiation. Yeah. Um, it's community meeting tomorrow night, actually. So. Yep. They've so nine for four likes to do seven, so mm. you do the five state rounds, Isla Magic, and another. Yep, so um, they've been doing the Shannon slash Smack mm. rounds for the past three years at Winton, so yep. maybe it'll be that. Yeah, maybe it'll be that. Um, yeah. but the, there's your and there's well, they're, they're your four major track hires, mm. but pretty much everything else that you would hire, so you hire you hire to yourself, yeah, so yeah, so, so, so you hire so you hire to yourself one and a half times. So you hire you hire to yourself for supercars. You hire the track out to Austin Seven Club for Historic Winton. Oh. You hire the track out to yourself as a co-promoter with the VHRR for yeah. uh, for Festival of Speed. AMRS two. Oh yes, so, okay. So you hire yourself twice for AMRS. You hire out to uh, Motorsport Australia for mm-hmm. Shannon's Round. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, whether it be weekends, weekdays, we're promoting. Ca- yeah, but car, no, car, your hires are car yeah, clubs, clubs. Yep. Uh, or your Drift. own, or drifting car clubs, or your own, uh, your own test and tune. club stuff, yeah, to Friday test, test days. Yep. Um, yeah, fun days, what are fun days called now? Road to Reality. Yep. Repco. Road to Reality. Just make sure we drop that sponsor name in there. The that area. would be, that would be, that would be Race Fuels. <laughs> <laughs> and Repco, Road to, road to Reality. Mark, I was always going to get you in, brother. Sorry, sorry, race fuels? Race fuels. Did you say race fuels? Proudly supporting the Racing Insiders Race Fuels Racing Cast. (laughs) Brought to you by race fuels. Um, Yeah, so so your core business is Mm. car clubs. Yes. Grassroots. Grassroots is a bit baggy to answer. It's a bit of a gay term. So we see our role as, and that's why the the rebranding of the Repco Road to Reality co-sponsored by race fuels Mm. is... (laughs) That Sorry, Mark, it just cost you money. <laughs> is that... And so we all grew up around a sport, so we know we know the, the gateway's in. Yep. If you haven't been, how do we help people get in? Yep. And, and people that have been to the circuit as a spectator or have seen it on telly and don't know how to do it, yep. we see that as our role. How do you go from a, a road to reality day to a test and tune to sprint? To the, yeah, to the, to the Vanilla Rider Club yeah, sprint series. To... To circuit racing because yep. I was spoiled. I was in a go kart at twelve, mm. racing. You're an old man at twelve in a go kart well, these so, days. Yeah. Th- these days you're in a go kart at eight. At eight, yeah, yeah, seven or eight, yeah. But so that whole rookie thing mm. started. I was probably eleven. Yep. So I was like, "Do you do that for a year or not?" So Mick Ritter, Greg Ritter, Icky Harrington, Icky White Dog, yeah, the Am- two the two White Dogs, Am- Ambrose, yeah. White, white dog and so, white dog and snowcat. Yeah, the, two, the two Stephen Mike. This, this is how small it was, right? So, yep. Lisa, Lisa Nash, who was Lisa Niavani, so yes. my so Tony Niavani and my dad best mates. Yep. So got into go karting at Oakley Go Kart Track together. Yep. So yep. Lisa was a was a sub junior when I was a sub junior. Yep. Paula Elstrek. Yeah. Melinda Price. Melinda Price. Yeah, like all of them. 
Yeah. And, and you still bump into him in the pits. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's motorsport sickness. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tight little community. Mm-hmm. So, right, what's wrong with motorsport at the moment? Politics. Politics. It's taking a passion... A, you're taking a passion sport and trying to commercialise it and put politics over it. So it's what we do is not that difficult. And people from the outside looking into it think motorsport's unsafe. It's the dangerous sport. I'd much rather be on a track with 20 other lunatics than out there on the highway. Um, and, I, yeah, I would just love to, if I can in my lifetime, you know, improve the facilities at Winton, get the track owners together and take the argument out of what is something we love as a sport, I'd be happy to sail off into the distance. It's funny that you talk about safety stuff because looking at the footage of Ryan Newman at um, Daytona and he's basically walking out of hospital two days later, if that doesn't prove that motor racing is as safe as it possibly can be and that motorsport is always trying to make it safer, I don't know what does. But I think, and it's an evolution, so he was involved in putting that extra bar through the front of the car. The Larry bar. Uh, yeah. Is, is it, is it called the Larry bar over there? Maybe not. But no, it's called the Newman bar. I, I, I read, I, yeah, I read a post that yeah. he was instrumental in getting that in and, yep. and down the line it saves his life. So, yep. And people went car racing not long after cars got invented and there weren't sanctioning bodies and... But nobody wants to damage anybody. No. As much as we say that, yes, people go to see incidents, but nobody will enjoys at all when people get hurt. So, no way. No way. So how can we get the best without the bickering behind? Nearly every other country has more than one sanctioning body yeah. and they coexist. You know, we talked about Jason Smith before. They all sit in the table together. Four or five. Work out how to... Yeah, and everyone learns off each other. Why yeah. not? Why not? Yeah, but a double ASA expansion is in New Zealand as well. Yes, that's so via relationships. So, and that comes via some contacts with Tarmac Rally and the Lemons, 24 Hours of Lemons events. Mm. So, they have similar problems. Uh, I think Motorsport New Zealand has taken the MA4 business model and they use similar tactics. So, they asked, could we assist? And it's just another easy thing to say yes to because it makes sense. Mm. So, hang on, that's Eugene overhead. Just be careful, <laughs> Doc. No, that's all right. I gone now. Didn't know Motorsport Australia owned a Cessna. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so that, you know, again, we will just continue to look at every opportunity that comes up and if it makes sense and it fits within whether it's a circuit activity or a sanctioning activity, if it makes sense, we're going to have a crack at it. And you, you know what it's like through most what you partner with good dudes. All the time you meet people that are passionate about race wars yeah. last weekend. Right? So they'd had a, a tough event. Um, in 2019 they came to us asking for help Um, they wanted more they actually had the controls there but a lot of it was left to the guys on the ground to make calls and they wanted that documented how do we document what we know is a car that's safe to do that speed and what's not and so we said okay we'll help you Mm. so we helped them get their documentation um, tightened up so it took the pressure off the people and said here's the rules if you want to go to 300 and it's shoot and it's this and it's that and it's rollover and it's all that. So yep. our job's to help, not to hinder. And that's that's the one thing that I think is also underestimated by people within the sport because I do wonder if we take it for granted sometimes that everyone I've met from drivers, yourself, DSO, all the officials that I've ever met, everyone I've ever met, they're all generally just good people with one particular exception. Hi, Kyle. Um, 
Wow. <laughs> But no, generally, um, Crummy, most book Crummy or Kirk chasing me now you've done that. Oh, we'll dead it out then. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll leave it in. Okay. But no, I mean, everyone's, everyone's a good people. And I think when you're across purposes, I think it's more a misunderstanding than an actual it rivalry as such. It depends on the motivation for it. So if it's genuinely about motorsport, and you said it at the start, and we might have been before we were recording, but um, getting the facts out there and mm. getting getting the real story out there, not the rumour and the innuendo. Mm. And if and if you've got a question, just ask. Yeah. yeah. Just ask. You know, we've, we, we, we very much try to play everything with a straight bat, and if we're right for a market, we want to have a go at it, and if we're not right for a market, we either park it or we work out why. And that's so it's not, if I would much rather people choose to use us than be forced to use us. Yeah. And if they choose not to use it, then what's the reason? And if it's politics, what's politics? But if it's because they're not comfortable with what they're doing or they don't think we've got the experience over it or whatever it be, then how do we get that experience so that we can have a go at it next time? I just want to clear something up for people who were half listening before. No, the Vanilla Auto Club is not buying the Thunderdome. <laughs> Uh, no plans. No plans. No, no. not yet. <clears throat> um, but it was pretty cool motorsport. Proving around, right. proving around at Lang Lang. You, you're in line for that. You're battling and you're duking out with Lindsay Fox, apparently, if, if you believe all the rumours on the internet. Um, apparently, it's already been sold. Lindsay's uh, balance is fairly healthy. Yeah, I don't know why Lindsay would bother. He's got Anglesey and he's got Philip Island. I can't see a, a niche for it. We like real estate play. But then when we go back to our conversation about when you can't get insurance for your autonomous cars, the perfect site to own would, be, would, would be there or proving around at Geelong, yeah. where you've got a high-speed oval and all of this... All of, all right, you've got all this, you've all got this, the road network's made. Right, yeah, yeah. Already built simulated road network to do all sorts of wonderful things. Correct. So, well, it might become you know, the autonomous car proving ground for Australia. Mm. So, I mean... Lindsay Fox is far sharper than I, so he, he will have a play. Mm. Um, play number one is don't let somebody buy it that could turn into a racetrack and stop them driving the other hour down to my other racetrack absolutely so there's one reason tick yeah all the roads already done I yeah. can turn into something else tick yeah P.S. it's pretty good real estate yeah so as Melbourne continues down well maybe there's people living at the motor park mm. tick yep so, I've got this so if there's any investors out there so Benella Auto Club give me a call I've got this great big transport business that you know I can can do with another training facility tick yep yep yeah. exactly right we'll so, do all of the above yeah alrighty I think we're going to round it up so what I do need to say right about now is so we've uh, we've had a chat with Chris Lewis Williams who's the CEO, who is the CEO of the Benella Auto Club Group which uh, also encompasses AASA I'd like to offer the opportunity to the CEO of Motorsport Australia, Eugenia Rocker. You uh, can contact us via, or one of your minions can contact us via the page. We would happily have you as a guest on the podcast and any of the other track owners that uh, would like to come on board. It's only fair that we uh, that we uh, extend uh, that same invitation. But Chris Lewis-Williams, mate, great to uh, to have a chat. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank and, you for the uh, No worries. And it rounds out, Warps, to rounds out a, a very different edition of Racing Insiders podcast. Yes, it required absolutely no writing at all, so I'll do it. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye.